Welcome to the MyCode Podcast. The MyCode Podcast is a show about the MyCode Framework, a JVM framework for those of you develop, developing any kinds of applications. I am your host, Sergio Delamo. I am here today with Cedric Champo, who is a core MyCode committer working at Oracle Labs, who actually joined the a core team, how long ago did you join, Cedric? Uh, it was mid-June, so almost six months ago. Cedric is helping us uh, a ton with the build, so the internal build infrastructure, which is uh, a topic for a complete new episode, uh, which is not we are not going to cover that today. Helping us tremendously as well with the official uh, Mycot uh, build plugins, so the plugins that you will use in your applications user-facing plugins, the internal plugins, and also you have been helping a lot also with the Gradvian plugins lately, right? The official ones. Yeah, indeed, yes. I'm working... Uh, I'm basically the maintainer of the Gradvian uh, native image plugins, the official ones. Yeah, because uh, Gradvian now is... So when you use the Microt plugin, are you, like, getting that plugin applied? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So f from... I think from the Microt Gradle plugin 3.0.0. So that's great because that means that uh, not only Micronaut users benefit uh, from your work on the Agrarian plugins, but other frameworks that are uh, essentially allowing users to generate native image will benefit from yes. having like uh, GraalVM, like published official plugins, so that all the frameworks will have to reinvent the, the wheel, all of us, and we can collaborate. I think that's uh, yes. really nice that we are seeing that... Um, I think we are seeing like a really uh, healthy like uh, competition between frameworks in the Java ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. Typically, the, yeah, this is how the the GraalVM plugin is developed. So, so we have uh, meetings typically with the Spring team. So, so we work together to make the GraalVM plugin great, so that we can use that in our own plugins, and then every team implements that uh, the way they want. That's fantastic. So the idea is to reuse the the the, the most uh, as much as we can. The podcast typically starts with the agenda, so I'm not going to uh, lose any time. Let's jump to that section, Cedric. So in agenda, we typically uh, plug uh, what's coming. Uh, for me, it's coming uh, holidays next week at the end of next week. So that's great, great news. Uh, so I hope everyone listening to the podcast, which will be published next Monday, enjoys, uh, has uh, happy holidays uh, uh, by the end of December and we recharge the batteries. Uh, in these uh, COVID years, which uh, are being quite um, quite difficult for uh, many people. In terms of January, we have uh, a Micronaut uh, security training event, which I will include a link in the show notes. That's, I think it starts January the 10th, and it's a four-day, three-hours-a-day training. And then we have a Micronaut testing trips and trick workshop, which is uh, Friday the 15th uh, of uh, January. And uh, Graham Roche, my uh, co-founder, has a talk in, this is now in, in the long distance, uh, February 2022, in uh, JFocus. And we have another for Grace users. We have, uh, we are going to do, uh, I'll be teaching a, a training is uh, Grails and Micro. So essentially, which Micro features can you use uh, within Grails, uh, which is uh, Grails is uh, now uh, uh, has a peculiarity, which is that uh, uh, a Grails 4 or 5 application is you have access to the Spring application context and the micro application context, which is set as the parent context of the, free, of the Spring application context. So there is uh, a lot to talk about that. So if you are using Grails 4 or 5 or you are interested just uh, on knowing about that, 
that's happening in uh, February the 16th and the 17th. The last thing that I want to plug for Agenda is uh, we keep building a, a newsletter application from scratch in Twitch every uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, we publish the uh, videos shortly after, so I, I still have two videos that I have to publish. But essentially, we are publishing all the videos on demand in our YouTube channel. There is a playlist for that. And uh, since we are recording this podcast Thursday the 16th, but we'll be publishing this episode the Monday the 20th, uh, I plan to actually uh, use the Microsoft AOT plugin on uh, Tuesday the 21. So if you are one of these persons who listen to the podcast episodes immediately when they come, uh, if you join me tomorrow, uh, and by tomorrow I mean Tuesday the 21, uh, you will see how uh, you can use uh, Microsoft AOT in your uh, own application. And with that, Cedric, uh, we are ready to jump to the uh, next section, uh, which is Level Up. For Level Up, uh, since I have Cedric here with me today, and uh, Cedric is uh, probably the perfect person to talk about uh, Build, so I wanted to talk about uh, different de deployment artifacts that we generate and help uh, listeners understand uh, what they are. Uh, Cedric, so uh, I'm gonna, yeah, essentially, uh, so if I run a Gradle build, if I am using the Micronaut uh, build plugin, yeah. the, the Micronaut Gradle plugin, or uh, if uh, I build my application with Maven, we generate two jar files uh, under build libs. Uh, one is a suffix with all, and the other one isn't. Uh, what, uh, what's the difference between them when people should use each one of them? Essentially, when you build a Micronaut application, we, we, we can generate different deliverables, right? So, so, so one, uh, the typical one is the jar file that you have when you compile a library, whatever. And this jar file actually isn't uh, runnable by itself. You would need the class path to be able to run your application. So um, you depend on macro core, you depend on micro security, whatever, blah, and all those libraries are external you know, jar file in general. This is uh, how typical Java applications have been developed for years. But uh, if you think about uh, the good old days of uh, war development, you had this war file, which was actually packaging non not only the application classes, your own application classes, but also the dependencies of your application. And the idea is exactly the same with this uh, fat jar, or sometimes you will also find the name the shadow jar. Um, so uh, the idea is that all the dependencies that your application requires are bundled within a single file. And um, there are different use cases for that, but most likely the the the, the the, the, the reason why most people do that is because it facilitates deployment. Like you only have a single file to deploy uh, and uh, you can upload that on whatever server, run the application with a single jar, that's it. So it's uh, in general much easier to work with. Um, so so this, is, yeah, this is one way to do it. Uh, if you're familiar to Gradle, actually uh, there are other ways that you can run your application. So Gradle would create a so-called distribution, uh, which is a zip file or a tar file, uh, etc., which actually contains your application jar and its dependencies, plus uh, start scripts, 
like the 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 bash files um the bat files for windows etc etc so this is also another way that you can uh, create a deliverable for a micro application like a zip file that you can install are we generating this distribution zip file already with the micro application yeah yeah we do yes yes if you apply the application plugin, you get that, yes. That's about, it's called this, the, the, the JIT mode, right? So this is that uh, yes. when you are not generating... So this is for the JVM. This is for, for when you are not using uh, GraalVM native image. This is just, just your exactly. um, Java minus JAR um, and you execute the application. Exactly, yeah. Then uh, our build plugins allow people to... And we have uh, evolved this and improved this process much through the years. And I think now it's quite seamless. We allow them to generate native image of the RBM native image of their applications. Uh, how, how will they do yes. that, for example, with the Gradle plugin, with the micro Gradle plugin? So maybe maybe we should uh, re- remind what is a native image first, because maybe not all the all the audience is aware of. So so what you can do now with a, a tool called native image, uh, which is from the RBM team at Oracle, is that you can actually generate uh, an application which is compiled for a specific native environment. So um, you build an application for Linux, so it's going to generate bytecode, which is not uh, JVM bytecode, but actual uh, bytecode for the, the, the target architecture. So uh, Linux or Windows or uh, Mac OS, for people using that. And the way uh, you do that with Micro is actually pretty simple because we integrate this GraalVM plugin uh, natively. So if you call uh, the task which is called native compile, then um, Gradle would uh, compile application uh, for Java, but it would also generate what we call a native image and generate that into the build directory. I don't remember the path. It would be printed in a case. And then you get a single executable, which is much smaller in general and much faster to start. Well, one thing is to, to run... A all these uh, native Gradle tasks, you have to be using the GraalVM JDK, right? You, well, it depends. At least in this case, right? In the in the case of native Im, native compile. Yeah, so, so, so you need to have uh, GraalVM installed. And it's, it's easy, so I, I don't want to scare anyone. So if you, I, I use, uh, uh, and everyone should use it really, I use uh, SDK man, which is SD under sdkman.io, and you essentially, if you use SDK man, that's a CLI application. You go to your terminal, you write SDK list Java, and you will see like the GraalVM JDKs, and you can essentially like copy paste the the uh, the eleven version, whatever the, the latest one is, uh, and you do like SDK uh, use Java and that version, and essentially uh, then you can use just Java minus version, and you will see that you are using the GraalVM JDK. Yeah. And if you are not using our plugin, you have to run, I think, is GU native image to install the native image CLI? No, the, the plugin does that for you. If you want to do that from the command line, you have to do GU install uh, native image. That's only once. So you have to do it only once, and that's, that's it. Yes. Essentially, the next time you uh, swap to this JDK, that, that's there for you. Um, so essentially, you run a native compile, and we essentially are doing all the heavy lifting for you. So essentially, if you are like, this is transparent for you, generating a native image can take a while, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's much slower than compiling a Java application because it has to do a lot of analysis at build time. Like, 
compute the whole graph of uh, classes which are reachable because once you have a native image actually you need to know everything beforehand so everything is uh, is 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 known at build time there's no room for uh, dynamic class loading or um, you know dynamic class de definition things like that which is also one of the reasons why native image doesn't quite work well with Groovy. It can take several minutes depending on the application size. That will allow me to essentially like generate the native image for macOS. But typically, for example, for me, I, I develop in macOS, but typically I will deploy in a in a Unix uh, or a Linux server, right? Yep. And if I generate in my native image here and I just copy and uh, transfer that to my server and try to execute that, that will fail, right? It will. So what we provide to work around this problem is uh, we typically offer you a way to build your application within a Docker container, which would be using Linux. So you have a task, uh, I think, which is called Docker um, native, something like that. I don't remember the exact name of the of the task, but uh, the, the the native image would be built within a Docker container, and then uh, the image that you get would run on Linux. So it doesn't matter if you actually develop on, on macOS or Windows. What you get is actually a deliverable which works on Linux. The task is called Docker Build Native. Uh, so I just ran Gradle task here in front of me. And uh, we have also another one which is quite quite useful. Uh, typically what you want to do is you generate this uh, Docker image which essentially has a native image generated inside. And you want to push it to a registry, right? So we have a, a Docker push native, which essentially will allow you like to configure the URL of the registry. So this could be your uh, AWS, whatever registry solution, uh, Oracle Cloud registry solution, Google Cloud, whatever registry solution. And you essentially can push it there. And typically, uh, then your deployment just is like uh, when you start the application, fetch the image from the registry, right? So essentially, yes. this is a really, I think, uh, this is probably like the easiest uh, at least we have uh, created a couple of guides which show that this is a really easy path from native image to production because essentially like almost like now all cloud providers will allow you like to start a a, a docker container yep. and essentially the fact that there is a native image inside that's completely yeah because something that we didn't explicitly mention is that there's no way for native image to actually generate different uh, binaries for different uh, operating systems or whatever you want to call that. So, so if you're in the Mac, you have to build your native image Mac, and if you're in the Windows, you have to do it for Windows. So um, there's no there's no cross compilation. Yep. So uh, the only way to work around this problem currently is to run either directly in the environment that you want to build your image in. So if you want to build a Windows image, you go in Windows or uh, for Linux as a target, Docker makes it uh, quite uh, convenient to generate images. So just to wrap up the uh, level up section, so essentially I want to just to point people to uh, it's easy to generate a deployable artifact of your application. And I think we more or less can say we have uh, maybe five with the distributions uh, that Cedric uh, told us about. So if I run Gradle build, uh, I will have under um, build uh, distributions, you will find uh, zip files and tar files with the distribution that Cedric mentioned. Under build libs, uh, you will find like a fat jar. That's the jar with the minus all, which you can by yeah. typically deploy to your cloud provider and the cloud provider you just run Java minus jar and execute that. 
Then you have like the slim jaw, which is like the jaw without all the dependencies. That's the one without the suffix all. Then you have Docker built native, uh, which will essentially use mm -hmm. Docker to generate a, a native image uh, using GraalVM. And then you have a, a native image, I think it's called, or native compile, um, which essentially will generate a native image for the operating system that you are using, right? So those are the five. Uh, check them out. It's really easy to, and this, I think this is really important. I want to convey users that, uh, listeners that it's really easy to actually like, not just execute your thing, but actually generate something that you can put into production or into a real server, which is actually the goal of us is not just to play with the things, but actually build things that are deployed. And the micro build plugins will help you to do that. And uh, with this in place, let's uh, jump to the uh, main section. So I want to talk about uh, an announcement that we did today. Uh, and this is weird because we are talking about an, an announcement that has not happened yet in time, <laughs> but we are talking about it this in the past already. Uh, so we announced uh, a new micro module, uh, which uh, Cedric has been working on uh, for a while, which is called uh, micro AOT. And uh, first of all, what is AOT? So AOT is ahead of time. So the idea is to do things ahead of time. And in general, when you talk about that in the company ecosystem, it means uh, build time. So right now we support uh, Micronaut AOT. Um, so we, you will often hear us say about uh, Micronaut application types. That typically is the dropdown that you have in Micronaut Launch. So we support different application types like application, function, a CLI application. So right now we have focused to the to the default one, which is application. So the Micot AOT yes. the Micot AOT module uh, works right now. In the future, probably we'll make it work for other kinds of applications. But right now, it works only for uh, the regular default application. Um, and uh, right now, it supports only Gradle, right? Yes. So, so um, MicronetAUT is a kind of special module in that way that this is not something that you would find on your application class path. This is more of a toolkit which is used by uh, build tools to generate some optimizations. Typically, it would analyze your application class path, uh, generate some uh, optimizations that we're going to talk about, and then uh, the responsibility of uh, packaging everything together is on the build tool. And currently, the the, the experimental uh, version of uh, AOT that we announced is uh, only supporting Gradle. Uh, so we will support Maven um, in the yeah upcoming month, but for now, the, only only Gradle. So that's the reason that uh, when when you read the announcement or you read the show notes of this episode, you will see that there is like a micro AOT module, and that's more or less like the. Uh, correct me if I put words where they are not. So this is more or less like the build agnostic logic for doing uh, ahead of time build optimizations, right? And then, exactly. and then we have in the micro Gradle plugin itself, we have like micro Gradle plugin logic, so like a, a extension so that you can configure it directly in your build file, and yeah. and all the glue that essentially brings the yes. micro AOT module to essentially do this optimization at build time. So this is, and this is an important thing is, um, so let me actually start from the beginning. So the way you will, um, 
the way you will use this thing in your application is if you are using Gradle, you have like a plugins a block at the top of your build.gradle or build.gradle.kts file. And uh, right there, if you create an application from scratch, you will have like the micro application Gradle plugin and probably the, the shadow jar plugin, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't know if they are only those two, I believe. And I think that, yeah, those are two. Yeah. So essentially, you have to add another plugin, which is the micro AOT plugin, which is distributed as all other plugins to the Gradle plugin portal. So if you go for plugins. Gradle.org and you search for Micronaut, you will see like the Micronaut application plugin, the Micronaut AOT plugin. So you essentially apply another plugin. And what this plugin gives you is, uh, and I promise that I will <laughs> pass the baton to Cedric, <laughs> is uh, it will, so you know that you have this uh, configuration block called Micronaut, where you configure like the runtime, for example. It will give you like a sub block of configuration, which will be under Micronaut AOT. And an important bit is you have like, you can set a version there. So you can override the version that the plugin is bringing by default. And that version number, and this is the important part that all this preamble is about, is that version number is the version of the releases in the micro AOT plugin, right? So if you go to the, if you go to github.com slash micro AOT and you search there for releases, those release numbers is the version that you apply there. So you are essentially telling the micro AOT Gradle plugin, you are telling, please use these versions of micro AOT. And this is a nice thing that Cedric did, which essentially allows the Gradle plugin. You don't have to redeploy a new version of the Gradle plugin whenever you create a new version of the micro AOT plugin. So this essentially is really nice because it will allow us to evolve the micro AOT plugin completely independent of the micro Gradle plugin. Really nice. This is important also for, yeah, this is important also for, for improving the, the OET modules independently of the, of the Gradle plugin. So basically the Gradle plugin would provide, provide this AOT block within the micro configuration. And it, it provides some kind of DSL which knows about a specific version of AOT, but it's not bound to it. So you could extend the, the AOT stuff with new modules or you could use a different version. And even if you don't use that AOT block, it's usable to use the, the Gradle plugin. So this is a, this is a really something which is uh, nice for uh, trying out new optimizations as they go. And uh, the other important aspect is that uh, typically the AOT optimizations are bound to a specific version of Micronaut itself. Um, because there, there, there could be some optimizations which uh, are available, I don't know, starting from micro three, and that you would have to support in some way. So essentially, I am a user and I am trying micro AOT. What I have done is I came to the plugins block on the top of my build file, applied the Gradle uh, micro AOT Gradle plugin. Then under micro I added this AOT. Uh, I specify the version if I want to the latest because I want to try like the latest milestone that we have uh, released. Uh, and what Cedric just mentioned is there is a DSL uh, for some optimizations that um, uh, they come directly from the micro AOT plugin. And for example, let's I, I'm gonna try to go with uh, some of the options that we have, Cedric, and 
uh, you mm. can explain them uh, to users. So the first one, I think... So maybe before we go with that, I should explain the differences between the... Well, explain what AOT does in general yeah. uh, compared to what we have in, in, in Micronaut in general. Because Micronaut is already quite optimized for build time. So we, some, some of the people listening now could ask what is the difference between AOT and what the Micronaut already does, because typically what we explain is that Micronaut uh, does uh, things at build time as much as it can, so typically would generate some uh, classes uh, during compilation, so to avoid reflection, etc., etc. So this is things that uh, Micronaut users have been used to, but there's a whole bunch of optimizations that actually uh, uh, cannot happen when you compile the files uh, because you don't have the data uh, to reason about when you actually compile, uh, but this is data that you know after, like uh, configuration files, like uh, YAML files, right? Typically, your application YAML files. This is something which is data which is totally independent of the compilation process, independent of build time, and we can still do some optimizations about this. So uh, AOT is really about uh, optimizing things which happen after the compilation phase, but that you still want to do before deploying your application. So it's it's between uh, the, the the this phase of having this deliverable that we discussed about in the previous section, and uh, the deployment phase where actually you know about a specific deployment environment. And AOT is about this last part, knowing about the specific deployment environment. Correct. And I think once we start like talking about the different optimizations that are seeping in these first milestones of the uh, module, I think it will it will make sense to people. And the first one that I want to talk about is, and Cedric already hinted about that, is uh, we have an optimization called uh, Convert YAML to Java. So essentially, as uh, Cedric mm -hmm. said, you compile your application, Micronaut like, generates extra classes for you. Um, for example, you have a class annotated with that introspect, it will generate like meta information at build time about that class. But when you like run your application, right, and you have a YAML file, uh, without the Micro AOT optimizations, uh, we have to essentially read the YAML file, uh, um, essentially parse the YAML file and, and yeah. read it. So essentially what does, uh, if a user goes and under Micro AOT convert YAML to Java, they set it to true, yeah. what does it mean for users? So, so it means that uh, the AOT analyzer would look up for your uh, YAML files that you have on your class path and it would generate a bean to replace the YAML parsing with this uh, pre-computed um, configuration. So basically everything that happens at runtime before is going to be generating some source code, like we really generate a source file, which is a bean, which is a property source, and that property source is going to load a hard-coded configuration file from this YAML file. So what we effectively do is that we Pass the YAML file, generate some source code, compile this, and then we repackage a different application which doesn't have the YAML files, but instead have beans which provide the configuration. So we substituted a configuration file with a class file. So essentially, if this is like, I think for, for our user, this is the ideal scenario, which is uh, you are still like writing configuration in a configuration file, which is easier than creating all different Java classes for mm -hmm. uh, for your app and the build tool is actually doing the 
the painful job of actually creating those Java classes, uh, which are essentially a representation of the George Jamel at at build time. Yes. So I think this is a, a, a it was this is a, a really nice and easy uh, AOT optimization, and when you try this optimization, it will essentially tell you that you have to uh, enable another one. Uh, so let's talk about mm -hmm. what this optimized uh, service loading means. So uh, when you compile your application uh, with Micronaut, uh, as you said, uh, for every bin, it's going to generate some metadata, like the bin definition, and also something called the bin definition reference. And all your bins have some uh, requirements, probably, like you have this app requires annotation, etc., etc. And um, when you start your application without talking about AOT, what the runtime of Micronaut is doing is that it's going to analyze your class pass um, and use service loading to actually load all those beans and evaluate the conditions, like evaluate all the requirements, etc. etc. What we can do with AOT is actually change that so that the loading of all those beans is uh, analyzed at build time. So we would evaluate all the requirements of the different beans at build time, and then uh, we can generate some code which is going to tell Micronaut, hey, you don't have to do this class pass lookup. You don't have to use the service loader to load all the beans. Here's the list of all the beans that you need to load, and that's it. So it makes it much faster to start, and uh, this is also yeah something which is uh, quite impressive uh, when you when you especially in the JIT mode. So we talked about a AOT, but Uh, we didn't mention really that uh, the, this AOT module is able to generate optimizations for uh, native images, but also for JVM. So uh, typically this uh, optimized uh, service loading thing is uh, is really impressive on the JVM side of things. Because uh, service loading in general is, is, is quite expensive, right? Because you have to uh, look up for all those properties file which uh, declare some services and then class pass scanning to do that and then you have to load the classes and uh, despite the fact that Micronaut was already quite optimized to do the class loading in parallel uh, this this service loading is quite expensive so uh, with uh, with this uh, ahead of time lookup actually we can pre-compute everything and then we can generate a service loader which is much faster and does everything in parallel um, the, the, the optimization is not so impressive for, for native images in this case Uh, just because in native images there's no class loading problem, like uh, there's no class loading at all in a native image. You, you have all the all the code already available, so uh, service loading is effectively free for native images. So, uh, but it's interesting in any case because you can see that depending on the on the on the target deployable that you want to use, uh, the AOT stuff is able to generate different uh, sources uh, optimized for each use case. So typically the way that we generate the class loading uh, for JVM is by giving this list of services to load. And then we have a code which is going to uh, take all those classes as string references, which is important, and do the good old uh, dynamic lookup, like class, for name, whatever, uh, to load everything in parallel. And it's important to use strings because otherwise, if you use some class references, then everything would be serial when you load the class, the, the runtime. 
but for the native use case, actually we can use directly the list of class references because class loading is effectively free. So the code for the code that we generate actually for the native use case is much simpler than the one we use for the JVM use code. So, if I understood correctly, the easiest thing for users to think about uh, is the whole. So, as Cedric was saying, like uh, whole ad requires. Um, so, we have like this thing that we typically you will hear about us talking about uh, conditional bins, where you can say mm -hmm. uh, only load this bin uh, if this configuration property is present, right? Or if I am running yeah. in this environment. And essentially, we are, um, and it makes sense, we are computing all of that at build time. So it doesn't have to be done at, at runtime. Correct. Another uh, optimization that we have a plan that's not uh, still implemented in, in day one, but that's probably something that we'll work on soon, is um, we want you to be able to write your a logback.xml as an XML file, but we will generate a Java pure configuration at build time. So essentially, this is yes. the same metaphor as we were like discussing with uh, converting YAML to Java, but this is more like converting logback XML configuration to logback Java configuration. Uh, so for users, they run, they create like the logback Java XML files that they are used to, but we do like the conversion at build time, that, that, yes. that's the idea, right? Yeah, that's exactly the idea. And um, you may ask why you want to do that, but uh, but parsing XML uh, every time the application starts can be a bit slow. That's one reason. Like uh, once you have generated that logback XML file and then you package that, like, it doesn't change. So we could feed the logback with directly with the model. So that's what we do instead of parsing. That's one reason. The second one is uh, well. Why would you need to load an XML parser at all? Like, we don't have to. So we can avoid loading the XML parsing. And this comes back to the YAML use case. So one other interest of uh, using YAML is that if we convert the YAML files to Java, then it means that at runtime, we don't need YAML parsing at all. And in fact, for the native image, we don't even include, like, the, the, exactly. the snake YAML parser, right? Or... For, yeah. So it means that uh, when uh, the, the, the native image is going to be computed, then we will never reach the code path, which actually loads the YAML parser. So it will not be included in the image. So the, the native image is, is going to be uh, smaller than what you have with the regular uh, application. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Like, um, like your application shouldn't need to, like, so they need to have at runtime libraries that are only like needed once. Yeah. Essentially, right? So you just need yes. to read the... So, so it's a bit more difficult to do the same optimization for the JVM, like not loading the YAML parser or not putting the YAML parser on the class path typically because we never know what the application is going to do. Like it's dynamic. Like uh, your own code could use a YAML parser for whatever reason. Yeah. So the only thing that we can optimize is what Micronaut itself is doing. So we can guarantee that we will never call the code which is actually going to load the YAML configuration, but we cannot guarantee that you are not going to do that. So uh, for, that's why the, the, the optimized uh, Java application for the JVM that we get would still have the YAML library on the class path. 
But for native, this is different because the native compile actually analyzes all the code path and then it knows statically that this code is never going to be called. So that's why the images. But even in JIT mode, a user says if they know that they are not using the YAML parsing at all, they could essentially exclude that, that transitive dependency. Yes. When they generate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with Gradle, it would be pretty trivial to do, uh, to generate an application which doesn't have the profile uh, on the class path. Correct. So another optimization that you will see that uh, is called pre-compute operations, and this is like kind of an umbrella term uh, mm -hmm. to refer to... Naming is different. Yeah, the framework sometimes does, uh, internally does uh, some operations that are... They have a lot of permutations and can be like time-consuming. Uh, and one of them is... Um, so when you create a new Micronaut application, right, there is a, um, a Micronaut application.name property on your application.yaml file. And we allow you that to override that with... So if you like go generate a micro application, run Gradle build, and then you like uh, do export micro underscore application underscore name hello, and then you like run your application and have a controller which essentially exposes that value. Uh, we are essentially replacing the configuration value with the value of the environment variable, right? And uh, what seems simple to explain, there is actually a lot of uh, calculation on understanding what the different environment environment variables names could be. Uh, and can you explain what's the complexity is there and uh, what have we done to essentially optimize these operations? So, so the, yeah, this optimized operation stuff is, is really about purely algorithmic optimizations. Um, so um, Micron needs to compute for each environment property the list of uh, micro the property names that it could potentially map to. You could have uh, uh, environment names with underscores, typically micro underscore, whatever, underscore, whatever. But it doesn't necessarily map only to micro dot something. It map to you know, the, dash uh, without the dot, etc. So, yeah, 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 dash or, yeah. So, so you have different combinations. And the more system, pro uh, the more environment properties you have, uh, the slower it is because there are more combinations to compute. Yeah. And uh, it's done every time you start the application. Correct. So uh, it's interesting because you can see that if you, if you actually add some arbitrary environment variables to your system and start the micro application, you could potentially see the, the startup time increase just because of this computation. So instead of doing that at runtime, what we can do also is do that at build time. We take all the environment variables that you have when you build and we pre-compute a cache of environment variable to the list of micro properties. So it doesn't mean that you cannot have later a new environment variable that we don't know about. You can still do that. But at least for the, the ones that we already saw, we pre-computed the list of uh, uh, micro properties that they map to. So we don't have to do that at runtime anymore. It's all pre-computed. And this uh, ties into another uh, configuration, which is, uh, so these environment lookups and system property lookups, uh, we have like, um, uh, so we have created an, an optimization, which is backed by a class called uh, cast environment, uh, which essentially mm -hmm. will, if you uh, enable this optimization, it will essentially, what it means is that uh, 
uh, whenever the so we have replaced the so you know that to get a system property in Java you can do like system get property and to get an environment variable you can do like system get env I believe is the method name mm -hmm. um, yes. and essentially what Cedric did is if you enable this optimization uh, we will like essentially create a cache so whenever you are so if you have already read that environment variable that system property uh, next time we'll go through the cache right so that's more or less the idea or yeah exactly so, so something that most people are not aware of is that calling system.getProperty or calling system.getEnv is actually pretty expensive because it has to lock the environment uh, because it couldn't be accessed concurrently so it's, uh, it's actually pretty expensive and if you do that in a loop typically it would be terrible in terms of performance so um, yeah, this optimization is really about uh, Assuming something that most people assume, like once you have started the application, the, you know the environment variables and you know the system properties and they cannot change. So we just create a copy of the environment and use that instead of uh, calling system.getProperty. So as you see, there are a bunch of uh, optimizations. So essentially what we want people to do. So one thing that I wanted to call attention is, so we are releasing this as a milestone. Uh, so we want to hear feedback from users. Um, so this is a, a build optimization for, and correct me if uh, you think otherwise, Cedric, this is not just for just uh, optimizing your development performance. This is for optimizing the deployment artifact uh, because this yes. will heavily impact the startup time. And in fact, um, in the in so in the blog post where you announced the AOT module, you can see that for a JIT application, uh, so it will depend, of course, of your application, and we uh, want people to try it out and see it for themselves, but we are seeing like a start time type improvements of on the range of 30 to 40%, and in native images, like if you do the percentages, mind-blowing, but it's essentially like gravity and native images starting in 7 milliseconds or something like that. So it's essentially like... Yeah. <laughs> blazing fast so i don't know what can be faster than that <laughs> so essentially uh, whether you are like deploying galvian native image or uh, or fat jars uh, you will see like huge improvements and and you may think like uh, man but uh, my application is already uh, fast enough uh, but uh, startup time is uh, really important in many scenarios uh, so it's really important in uh, all the uh, Kubernetes deployment scenarios. It's important also in in in, in functions. Uh, really important in functions uh, because there is like the problem of uh, called the startup. Uh, but all, is there also improve? Are there also improvements in uh, memory consumption? Uh, or not? Uh, it will depend. So if you load less classes, obviously you would need less memory but um, there are also things that we pre-compute so you have to store this data somewhere so uh, it depends on the optimization and i forgot there are also improvements in the in so in native image sizes right so the size of the native image yes. will, will reduce as well yeah. uh, which is important um, so there are many many uh, benefits uh, we can say probably that the, the biggest one is much faster startup time. So this is a, a really significant uh, leap forward into startup times. Uh, but also like if um, native image sizes is a concern, 
this will help you as well there. And yeah, I don't think I think the next step for you, Cedric, uh, will be uh, go to the blog post that we will include a link in the show notes. Uh, go to the um, to the micro gradle plugin uh, documentation where we have a section mm -hmm. about the AOT, uh, and you can find like all the explanations about how to configure the micro um, gradle plugin. And the last bit that I was forgetting is uh, so this thing is extensible. So you can expect uh, other Micronaut uh, modules to contribute AOT optimizations. Um, so we already have the extensibility in mind and it's already in place. So that will be something that we can probably discuss with Cedric in a future episode. But if so, expect uh, optimizations coming from other Micronaut Gradle plugins, but you could even write your own optimizations uh, for your particular use case. And if you are interested in doing that, uh, check the uh, Micronaut AOT documentation, which I will include a link in the show notes, but essentially we'll link from it to it from the docs.micronaut.io. And that will be essentially the reference that you have to check. So just to reiterate, Micronaut Gradle plugin documentation for user-facing documentation and for uh, AOT optimization builder documentation, check the AOT module documentation. Is there anything else that you want to plug about? Um... Yeah, just quickly, uh, because we didn't mention that, but we talked about the deployment, uh, different deployment artifacts that we had in the beginning of this podcast. But when you use AOT, it actually generates basically a copy of all those, but with the optimized thing. So uh, instead of uh, having a Gradle run, you would do a Gradle optimized run. Instead of uh, Gradle native compile, you would have Gradle native optimized compile, etc., etc. So uh, the, the the two things are, are really separate, and it makes it much easier to compare the results and possibly test that your application is behaving correctly after optimizing. Thanks for pointing this out. I completely forgot. So the MyCode AOT Gradle plugin will uh, give you some extra Gradle tasks which will essentially like, uh, they are typically, they will have something like optimized in the name. So if you run a Gradle task, uh, that's, that's all, uh, you will see like a Gradle uh, optimized run. So we typically run a micro application with Gradle run. So you have it optimized run uh, for running with the optimizations. You have also like optimized JIT all, I think, to generate a fat jar with the optimizations. Yeah. You have also like a, a native optimized. Same for Docker, same for yeah, the fat jar. Exactly. So for all the deployment scenarios that we talk back in the level up section, you have a equivalent Gradle task um, for the AOT. So please check them out. Uh, this is a call uh, for feedback to the community. So we want to have uh, to hear feedback and hear uh, what issues are you facing and what things can we improve, whether it is uh, documentation or or bugs that you find or feature that uh, you think that it will be cool to have there. Uh, we are really open to feedback, so please um, uh, use uh, either the Gitter community, the the GitHub repositories to submit that feedback. Um, do you have anything else from the IoT, Cedric? No, that's a good uh, introduction already. Yeah, I think so. So uh, thanks everyone for the uh, checking the IoT. Uh, I'm gonna uh, jump to thanking the sponsors. 
So for sponsors, uh, I am happy to announce that we have a new uh, bronze level sponsor, which is Visor Games. Uh, I will link a, a link in the show notes to the announcements. Uh, so we have currently three sponsors. Uh, OCI, which is uh, the Microsoft Foundation Ambassador Sponsors. Uh, Safri.net, which is a bronze sponsor, and uh, Visor Games, which I just said. Uh, and I would like to thank also the community the community sponsors. So if you are uh, either an individual uh, who wants to support the foundation or a company, uh, visit micro.io uh, slash foundation slash sponsors to find uh, more information uh, about uh, different sponsorship uh, opportunities there. And with this, Cedric, uh, I think uh, I'm going to wrap up the podcast for today. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank you, Cedric, uh, for joining me today. Uh, where can people find you, Cédric, on the internet? So they can follow me at, on Twitter uh, with at Cédric Champeau. Has a blog where he writes like um, immensely lengthy blog posts, <laughs> where he has like <laughs> like almost books, each blog post. So that's is uh, in melix.github.io slash blog. Uh, so I will link a, I include a link in the in the show note to Cédric's blog, a really interesting blog. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, As I said before, uh, give us feedback because we really appreciate it and uh, try the micro AOT and enjoy it. And yeah, enjoy this uh, monumental uh, leap forward into startup times. And we hope that you are as as excited as we are. And as I said in the beginning of the podcast, happy holidays to everyone. And we see each other in January. (laughs) 